Hello and broadcasting. I had an issue trying to find the record Central button right now. Of what? California. It's, it's the Dr. Death. I don't know why. I had to transport the fucking like control, like the fucking control panel. Oh. And it's like, I was sitting there and was like, I'm so used to it being up at the top, but now it's like kind of hanging out the bottom. I'm like, son of a bitch. Okay. Some bitch. But we're going. Yeah. It is. Crack it over the floor. Ooh, that was a good one. <clears throat> twist off uh, room temperature one. Oh yeah, I can hear that, bro. So sick. <laughs> Just tea, no caffeine. All right, I'm done being fucking Aria the Orca trying to introduce the show. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Doctor Danger Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. What's up, everybody? I'm Edward. How are you all doing? You and I won't shut the fuck up about wrestling. Well, the problem is we've been is sitting here for wrestling. an hour and we haven't started the damn show. I think we're catching up to date. It's been a minute. You and me have sat here and talked about wrestling and like yeah. kind of catch up what's been going well, you, on. You also got to remember too, you know. The and then pro- we're kind of the cringing. problem is when you when I don't watch wrestling, the only people you had to talk about wrestling with are good friends Jake and Thomas. And you only see them once in a while, but you message Jake. And the problem with Jake is Jake is kind of a normie wrestling fan. He's just he when he told me like six months ago I should be watching AEW, I was I literally thought to myself, <laughs> I'm like, oh, look at the wrestling fan over here, chat. Look at this guy over here. I'm your equal when it comes to wrestling. Uh, yep. I said it was good for sure. But yeah, that's um, that's what I'm we like were keeping up with about. stuff. Yeah, you got a friend at work. That, yeah, like he just got into wrestling. Like, he's not- pretty good to talk with, honestly, because he's new, but he's like done his research and homework. He can like, and it's and I don't just mean like he can name drop people. Yeah. No, I mean like he could like you know you can talk to him about stuff. He's receptive, uh, good fellow to talk about wrestling with, but not near levels of like you know. Of just, just, just not, not has, just cringy rants like us. He still like has to go to a PWG show. Yeah, I know. He he always tells me he's like, hey, when there's another one, let me know. I'm like, I will, but they only do them yeah, like every just four think, months. If I didn't have to do a shitty tour, we could have gone to fucking Bola this year. That's right. Yes, we could have saw Daniel Garcia win. Pretty sick. That would have been pretty sick. I've been pretty stoked on Daniel Garcia. Yeah, on like him and hanging in AEW. It's like, yeah, no, he's kind of my guy, but I still need yeah. to see some violence. Yeah. It's like I like my technical dudes, but I need them to have a sense of violence. Yeah, no, I that's that, no, I I agree with you. I uh, one thing I said before we started recording was just when it comes to wrestling, I'm at a point now in my life where there's a not zero chance that I will pop harder for a really good shop than I will a sick flip. And I feel like that's not even like a hot take, but that's just where I'm at mentally with wrestling. Yeah, no, same. I like. I'm trying to think some of my favorite matches of last year. Like ones I genuinely like loved. <clears throat> mm-hmm. There's obviously the five minute exhibition of Shibata returning, where it's just him and like Saber just grappling. Oh yeah, which yeah. was awesome. It was awesome to see that. Minoru Suzuki versus Daniel Bryan was awesome. Oh bro, because I love Minoru Suzuki just being the shit out of people. That was five stars. I uh, care. fucking Eddie Kingston and Gabriel Kidd. I remember that match from like New Japan Strong. That was good, but I don't even give a shit about Eddie Kingston's wrestling. I just love seeing him talk. <laughs> I just love, I don't know. I love him beating the shit out of people. Dude, no, he's a good wrestler. He's a good wrestler. Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Bryan was awesome. Mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. Oh, dude. That shit was the best. That was really good. Like, literally, like, that match was just <clears> like, 
on next level with that on that show. That might have been CM Punk's best match in wrestling. Uh, top five at least. It's like technically it technically is not the best. It's only thirteen minutes, but it felt like I was living and dying for their fight. Yeah, but bro, I don't even, and I'm not saying this towards you. I'm just like, you don't even need to, you don't even need, you know, you don't need to like throw on like little, uh, what's the word? Like, um, just little, um, uh, <clears throat> just little things like that. It's like, bro, wrestling is like, there's no such thing as like, you know, like one way to have a great wrestling match. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. One of my favorite wrestling matches still is that shitty Chicago street fight from WrestleMania 13, <laughs> you know, and just like, and, and yes, I'm aware that, you know, there's so bad it's good and all that, but no, there, wrestling is the most subjective form of art i genuinely believe that so no you know there's there's you know there's no such thing as like you know when someone tells me oh yeah this match is really great it's not really that technical it's not really it's not really that flashy i'm like bro i don't give a shit is it good and that depends sometimes you, it depends on who you're hanging out watching wrestling your friends can yeah. kind of like make it like how you can watch wrestling. Some dudes like, oh, bro, if you're watching with the right group of people, the worst wrestling match can become the best. Remember when we watched house of horrors at your house. (laughs) And everyone's like, this match is shit. I'm like, dude, I was laughing the whole entire time. Oh, I was having fun with it. Oh dude. Like the Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt feud from like last year. Kind of bad. Not going to lie. But some of the funniest can't be shit. Yeah. He literally burnt freaking Bray Wyatt to death. For him to come back looking like Pizza the Hut. I don't know why they keep they had Randy. Alexa Orton. Bliss dressed as a girl straddling Orton. His wife was not stoked. Well, I also love Randy Orton. He's not like the <laughs> like he's not the most spectacular wrestler, but he's doing the most funniest entertaining. No, shit. see, see, that's another example. It's like, why do you gotta say that? It's just like Randy Orton is great. I I don't I don't I get why Brian says he's not one of the all time greats, but but fuck it, it's my opinion. I think he's one. If at the, I'll I'll throw in the disclaimer of if we're just talking about WWE, I do think he's one of the all time greats for at the very least WWE. And I honestly love his like matches. They're kind of <clears throat> meme. They're kind of memes. <laughs> I literally, like literally I told you I turned the page when I watched him had that one on one match with like Mustafa Ali. Ali. And I was with you when we watched that. And literally Mustafa Ali, I'm just sitting there it's like. You're being so extra right now. And Orton is just not giving a shit. It was honestly hilarious. Like Orton was like literally like Ali is just trying to was doing all this extra flippy nonsense around Orton and Orton would just do one thing. <laughs> and I've been laughing. I'm like, Ali, you looking like a flippy geek right now. <laughs> Orton's just going to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Wait, why did you have to do that little somersault roll into a cutter? Not going to lie. Because- a little extra, bro. <laughs> Please stop. And then Orton's just moving at like a snail's pace. But I'm like, you should. Screw this. You should. I'm like, with this Mustafa Ali guy, what he's doing right now, I was like, no. Orton, you're doing the right thing. You should move at a snail's pace. Just to make Ali look more dumb. Because Ali right now, not going to lie, is looking kind of dumb. I'm sure to like 
the marky marks that take this wrestling stuff like to the death serious this probably is like this shit you're spouting is like is like when Nietzsche said God was uh God is dead like 200 years ago and there this is just like some nihilistic wrestling blasphemy that you're just like that you're praising Orton for making Bro, Mustafa Ali look like a geek come on even will Osprey slow down into just like fucking being more just like feisting beating the shit out of people and being like well, I mean, kind I was, of being a prick I forget who but I remember someone uh, I remember I've heard several wrestlers mention you know when you're younger you know the idea is especially now that like certain wrestling movesets have become more modernized and like um like accepted and stuff uh you know the idea is you know you just want to go 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 but once you get a little older and by older I mean like late 20s mid 30s time which isn't really that old but it is in wrestling that's when ev- that's when everyone's like you just want to slow down take it slow uh, play some air guitar and shit. Base. I remember one of your favorite wrestling matches of the year it happened was when Chris Jericho fought Tanahashi. Oh, that was <laughs> it. Was that, just the war of the dad bods. It was the war of the dad bods. But dude, that was one of the most entertaining matches. I was in love with it. Jericho just doing a shitty fucking frog splash <laughs> and failing. But you know that was the purpose of it. Yeah. It was meant for him to like do a frog splash. Now, as bad? No, because no. he kind of looked like a fucking toad in the air. <laughs> but a toad splash. But even then, it's like, no, it's like it sounds like an insult, which it is, but <laughs> I loved it though. It's a backhanded compliment. It's a backhanded maybe. compliment, but I was like, I loved it. It made the match more awesome. Because yeah. Tanahashi. Awesome frog splash. Yes. Beautiful one. Yes. This Jericho, his opponent, him doing a shitty one and eating shit because he's like, ha ha, I'm trying to taunt you. It's like, no, that's a great payoff. And the thing is, I I don't, I'm not going to try to give Jericho enough credit to be like, oh yeah, he made the frog splash look bad on purpose. No, no, I've seen him do frog splashes. That's how he does a frog splash. But the fact that his bad frogs, his bad frog splash, try saying that fast five times, made him eat shit. That made it even more amazing. So yeah, I got the Wrestling Observer Awards. Oh yeah, which yeah. Obviously, listeners, if you aren't fans of wrestling, we have timestamps. If you want to go forward into the show, which we obviously do have a packed potpourri show of like a variety of items, I'm totally fine. If you ever just want to skip forward, for we usually talk about life in the beginning, but today we've just been on a wrestling rant. We're just going to continue. Sure. I had the Wrestling Observer Awards. Let's do it. Hopefully, I can get through this a little in five minutes. I'm not sure. going to go through everyone, but for sure, um, the Luthez and Ric Flair, or i.e. the Wrestler of the Year Award, went to Kenny Omega. Of course. He was the bell collector. He had a good year. He's been off and rehabbing injury because he's been beat to shit. Number two was Roman Reigns. Number three was Shingo Tagagi. Number four was <clears throat> Daniel Bryanson. Number five was Utami Haish. Hayashi, uh, dude, I'm not going to bother. It's going to take me a minute. Utami Hayashishida Mm -hmm. from Stardom. Sam Punk making his return. Siri, which I'm like, should be a little bit more higher. I'm like, she's a little over Sam Punk. Let's be real here. She's been fucking like. But that return, though, that's that's the reason. But Siri is like my kind of wrestler. She just kicks the shit out of people. (laughs) It sounds like a shotgun when she kicks the shit out of them. Adam Page. Uh, Kashukio, yeah, Kashuki, yeah, Kashukio Nakajima, love him. He kicks the living shit out of people. Yes, he does. He's a Noah guy, which Noah wrestling is kind of like, you know what? I wish you could watch more of it because usually I hear it's like, love him or like going like 40 minutes, the main events, and just him. 
beating the shit out of each other with really hard, like trying to like chop the shit like really hard. Honorable mention Will Ospreay. He's it was kind of a pandemic year. He yeah. was kind of locked away. It was hard. He's gonna be great no matter what. MMA is most valuable. Uh, freaking was a Kamaru Usman. Yes. I'm trying to like no, that's not how you pronounce his name. No, no, Kamaru, oh, no, no, no who you're talking it was like about. Kamaru right Us- yeah, I think it's like Kamaru Usman. Yeah, Kamaru Usman. Yeah, they literally talked about him all year, so he did a pretty awesome job. Connor was only three below Dustin Poirier, which I feel like Poirier is like, you know, was actually fighting. But whatever. So that's MMA. Most outstanding wrestler, I think usually means like the ones that are putting the fucking like best matches. I think what? so. Went to Shingo Tagagi. Number two, Brian Danielson. Number three, Kenny Omega. Number number four, Will Osprey. Number five, Siri. Wow, this is kind of more like how I would play. <laughs> like, rate on who's being killer. Most outstanding <laughs> fire of the year. Uh, Usman. Yes. I, I like just don't want to butcher his I don't have the name. full list, but I have the Wikipedia. Yeah. Tag team of the year, Young Bucks. They had a pretty fire year. No surprise. I'm like, dude, let's be real. Like, usually Young Bucks matches are pretty fun. They've won the Lucha Brothers and FTR seven times. Oh, excuse me. Woo, that was a good one. Best on interviews. MJF went took it. The next was Eddie Kingston. Not too far. Like MJF had two thousand six hundred forty one. I'm not. And Eddie Kingston had two thousand four hundred seventy nine. I really thought Kingston was going to take it two years in a row. I really did. No, I think it was MJF that took it two years in a row, and then CM Punk. Usually it's like, you know, John Moxley and Dan Lambert. Pretty awesome promos. All right. Promotion of the year. All Elite, All Elite Wrestling. Yep. Then Stardom, which they did have a pretty fire rivalry with Utami and Series. So. Yeah, I remember reading about that. Yeah. So that's pretty sick. New Japan still doing strong. Game Changer the, being recognized in UFC. I'm not going to. And then, then WWE, if you're curious. Best Weekly TV show. AEW Dynamite, no course. Then Rampage, the new, the New Japan Strong, then WWE SmackDown, and then Impact Wrestling, and then so on, and so on. Makes sense. Promotion, pro wrestling match of the year goes to the cage match between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers at All Out, which that was a pretty awesome match. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I saw. I didn't see the whole thing. I saw highlights, and the highlights made me want to crap myself. So that's a good match. Oh, dude, that match was awesome because you got like the fucking like classic like PWG Young Bucks that we, of like lore. They had the fucking over. They had the like super expensive Nike with t- axe like glued to the bottom, and yeah. just friggin' like, you know, that match was awesome. And then Will Osprey versus uh, Shingo Tagagi, uh, at like the, I think it was like the one that went like that was like a match where like two of the matches had to drop off the bill because of COVID reasons. Mm-hmm. So Will Osprey yeah. and Shingo Tagagi just said a fuck it match. They went forty six minutes and it was just an epic, and that was awesome. And then there's the Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryanson like freaking uh thirty minute bra like thirty minute like draw match. I was in New York. I was surprised that wasn't higher. Well, Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers and Will Osprey well, versus Shida- I'm like fair enough. Those, those are awesome matches. And then there was like Danielson versus Adam Page. I'm sure the hour long one. Yeah. And then there was the freaking Utami versus Siri, which that was an awesome match, which was like the two draw one. They like went 30 minutes and then they like asked to go for another 15 and they still went to a draw. <laughs> Was awesome, awesome women's match. Yeah. MMA fight of the year. Uh, year. MMA fight of the year. Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje. So, yeah, which I think yeah, I heard I about that match. I wasn't sure how I felt about that one. 
All right, now we're in the category B awards. Yeah, these are so a little determined by first place votes. Uh, this one, like this one, could be subjective. Whatever. So we got the United States slash Canada MVP. Number one goes to Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns, then Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson. Fuck me. <laughs> that will that will take forever. The Japanese MVP Shingo Takagi, then Utami, then Okada. And then Will Osprey's in there, thrown in there too. Well, New Japan is his home promotion. So, Mexico MVP, El Hijo del Vikingo. Yeah. Which, if you ever want to watch a luchador just do weird, nutty bullshit, is Vikingo, bro. Yeah, that's a fact. And then Psycho Clown and then Ray Phoenix are your top three. Europe MVP, we have Will Osprey. Mm-hmm. We have Gunther, i.e., the f- known as Walter. <laughs> I don't know why they changed his name. Walter and Ilya Dragunov as your Europe MVPs. You want to know the funny thing about uh, about 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 uh, Gunther there? Hey, Gunther! The funny thing about that was I think they were going to give him a last name or something. Oh, yeah, they were going to give him some, like, name that, like, if you, like, Google searched it, was a freaking Nazi, like, a uh, Navy general or some shit. And I think Gunther is the name of, like, an Austrian, like general or something i don't know i just i just know that i wasn't happy <laughs> it was a and that was a wacky time with like uh, walter's <laughs> name change yeah so the danny hodge award or the friggin' light heavyweight non-heavyweight mvp goes to darby allen ray phoenix and then hiromu takahashi pretty awesome women's mvp utami Britt baker then siri women's mma mvp rose nama who is it Nama Junas or Nama Hunas? I, I think it's Nama Hunas. Don't call it. Rose, Nama Hunas, Nama Junas, Valentina, Shevchenko, Amanda Nunez, Julia Pen, 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 Julia Piena, and then Kayla Harrison or Kyla Harrison. One of the two. Best box office draw in MMA. Number one goes to Connor. Yeah. Of that course. fucking guy. In pro wrestling, CM Punk. Then John Cena. Then Kenny. Then Roman Reigns. Then Brock Lesnar. Honorable mention also, uh, Kazuchika Okada. Yeah. Feud, the feud of the year, Kenny versus Adam Page. I was trying to, you know, I saw that and I was like, really? But then I thought about it. I'm like, what was like a big feud this year? I'm like, see, well, unless you're in stardom, there was the Utami and Siri one, which that was a pretty big feud of like Siri trying to finally like, like beat Utami. MJF versus Jericho. Pretty awesome. Karma Gretter versus Dustin Poirier. And then CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Dude, we were literally talking about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, dude, that was like Venom. <laughs> Most Improve, Ty Conti, Dante Mont- Martin, Saya Kamatani, Jeff Cobb, and Jiggle Boy. <laughs> There's usually 10, but I'm only going to do five. We're going to have a long podcast. Most Charismatic... That's a weird fucking category. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, according to the wiki, Hulk Hogan's won this like six times. Him and The Rock. Oh, God. Whatever. The the top five is CM Punk, MJF, Eddie Kingston, Roman Reigns, and Maki Ito over Adam Cole. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Hey, I didn't vote it. Whatever. 
<laughs> the Brian Danielson Award, Best Technical Wrestler, finally, after years of not having it, has won it back, Brian Danielson. For the record, he won that award from the year 2005 to the year 2013. That award's existed since, like, the since 1980. And then from after 2013, from 2014 to 2020, was Zack Sabre It was Sabre just Zack Sabre Jr. So I guess Brian Danielson has won his award back. This is why I said off camera, it'd probably be stupid to say, I think off camera, that it'd be stupid to say I, when I think of Daniel Bryan, I think of him more as a great all around wrestler as opposed to a technical wrestler. But if you care a lot about the observer, he is technically like, I guess, the best technical wrestler of all time. I guess for winning the award most. Yeah. Then for the Bruiser Brody Memorial Award for best brawler, at number one is John Moxley. That doesn't surprise me. He then won Eddie it last Kingston, year. the Toronto Ishii. Then Shingo Takagi, the Minoru Suzuki. I'm like, dude, this is like, I think those are like my wrestlers. Not going to lie. If you want to ask my favorite wrestlers, just go to that award category. That's usually what I like. B- best flying wrestler, Ray Phoenix. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. I tell you, I was surprised. I didn't think anyone was going to dethrone Osprey. Well, Phoenix is kind of nutbags. <laughs> no, he is. He's But he if is. like El Hijo Del Vikingo is at number two, like shows up on AEW and does wacky shit. He might take it over. Then Dante Martin. Then Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay was like kind of absent for half the year. So yeah. you got to give him that. Then Nick then Nick Jackson and then so on and so on. Yes. Most overrated. This pissed me off. Number one, evil. Why do people hate evil now? He's great. I don't know. He's been having wonky matches. Has he? Dude, it's a I lot. He's been having like weird, just bad like interference matches on repeat, on repeat, on repeat. How does that make him the most evil? overrated well the number two is roman reigns then omos then the miz and then keiji muto you've gotta be fucking kidding me i'm like lol muto's like overrated but he's like old and like you know he did like win the title off like the guy that was in noah that was like carrying it for like all of like 2020 which fuck what's his name i love i think he's super fucking awesome but i'm like totally spacing on his name ah oh well the most underrated Ricochet, Chad Gable, Mustafa Ali, Ricky Starks, and then Matt Riddle. No, WWE, uh, the Wrestling Observer Awards don't have personal bias, you guys. Yeah. Rookie of the Year, Jay Cargill. Then I ja- forgot about Jay Cargill. <laughs> I have it. Jake Cartwheel. We did see him have an awesome six-man tag at, like, freaking PWG. Yes. Like, you know, he needs to learn how to fight. A little uh, freaking... He's really good, though. The music between the notes. But yeah. athletically, he's pretty good. He's really good. Whoever yeah. Lady C is, Nick I Wayne. Oh, I want to watch some Nick Wayne. Can't wait for him. And then Yuki Arai. Or Arai. No, it's Arai. Sorry, people. It's hard to pronounce names sometimes. Not going to lie. For the best non-wrestler, at number one was Paul Heyman. Number two is Don Callis. Like, literally, Paul Heyman beat him by, like, five votes. Wow. Then Dan Lambert, then Taz, then Malcolm Bivens, and then Tony Schiavone. Best television announcer award goes to Excalibur. Not sure, but okay. Then my boy Kevin... Ke- uh, dude, dude, Excalibur's our boy. No, oh. he, no, no, I love, I love, I love Excalibur. But he's we're a, PWG bros. Yeah, so. we're PWG bros. I love him because he's a PWG bro. That's yeah, and he does a pretty good job for AEW. Nice, no, pretty good. Obviously, the best is just when him and Taz just are cracking each other up. <laughs> yeah. Then Tony, like then Kevin Kelly, then Tony Schiavone, then Pat McAfee. Which I love McAfee, but he's just a wild man. 
That's what I like about him. Literally, most of, I was like the best is when he starts marking out for Rick Books. It's Michael Cole. It's Books. <laughs> you don't love that? That's oh, great. I love that. That's great. I love them. I I just love Rick Books and then McAfee going Books. <laughs> and then worst television announcer Corey Graves, Michael yeah. Cole, Matt Stryker, Adnan Burke, which. That's not Adnan Verk's fault. He was kind of given a position he was not ready for. And Chris Jericho. <laughs> I, yeah, that made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, Bone Steel hates Jericho's announcing on Rampage. Really? I'm a, like, he just thinks because Jericho's too much of his, oh, yeah. I thought he'd like that. He doesn't. I laugh <laughs> at Jericho. Oh, the best was whatever, like, I think, like, freaking someone, like, landing on their head. Yeah, no, it was, like, Adam Cole was, like, God, he's just landing on his head. Why? <laughs> and then best major wrestling show was AEW All Out in Chicago, which that was a pretty fire show. Yeah. Uh, most because there was debuts and there was awesome wrestling. Then AEW Full Gear and then started in Queendom. AEW Double or Nothing and then Cyber Fight Festival. Worst major wrestling show was Survivor Series. Yeah. Then Extreme Rules. Then, well, then WrestleMania Backlash, SummerSlam, and then Hell in a Cell. Yeah. I think WWE runs away for best uh, show, like worst shows of the year. You don't say. This is kind of a dumb category, but best wrestling maneuver. Adam Page's Buckshot Lariat. He's been doing that for years. Yeah. Okay. It's I'm not going to bother. <laughs> I'm not. Most disgusting promotional tactic. WWE firing wrestlers during a pandemic while setting profit records. WWE's continued relationship with Saudi Arabia. WWE using releases and storylines. WWE's handling of COVID. And then Thriller having a vendor Holyfield box. Didn't AEW release people too? No. They release people. Well, there's <laughs> contracts coming up. Yeah, but how's that any different than WWE? Than- Contracts come up at WWE, too. Yeah, but these weren't people that had their contracts coming up. They were just dropping them off. They were just firing them. Oh. And firing them. Yeah, that is different. And then, worst television show was WWE Raw. And then NXT 2.0, which... Okay, then. Worst match of the year, Damian Priest versus The Miz. I think this is the zombie match. Right, I forgot they did that. And then Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt and WrestleMania. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> oh, God. Then Randy Orton versus Alexa Bliss, which I forgot about. Britt Breaker and Rebel versus Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Oh, God. Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. Then Sarai versus Last Legend, which I heard that's legendary bad. <laughs> like, they literally, like, you. it's hard to find that match. They're trying to erase that match from existence. <laughs> Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair in Las Vegas. Oh my God, that was the Becky Lynch where she returned and just beat Bianca at SummerSlam. Oh yeah. And I just was like, I'm so mad at Becky. I will boycott. I dub now. I will boycott <laughs> her matches. Fuck you, Becky Lynch. Every time I see you live, you do something to piss me off royally. I am not. Anytime when your matches come up, I will go away. I do not trust you. Because I saw Becky Lynch at that like three-way WrestleMania where like her, Charlotte, and Ronda Rousey were having that match and she won it. But she won it with a garbage pinfall. 
which didn't look like a pinfall. It's like, wait, why did he just get away with that? Dumb. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so mad. Why the fuck? Fuck you. And then there was Charlotte versus Nia Jax. Yeah, I'm just going to go through everyone. That was the match where I think they started just shooting on each other. Yeah, I remember when this happened. It uh, made a lot of waves. Oh, yeah. That was just like, what the fuck? The next was B-Fab versus Electro Lopez, which I heard that match was just horrible. Yeah. And then Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage. Which I thought that match was fine. I didn't hate it. It was controversial because it was hilarious that Nick Gage brought the pizza color and started like cutting Jericho's head. And then they go to a Domino's commercial. I just remember that. <laughs> oh, worst feud of the year. Randy Orton versus The Fiend and Alexa Bliss. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Agogo. Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman. A lot has happened in 2021. And then Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Oh, God, yeah. Where, like, Bianca just, like, does not get her comeuppance. Yeah. Or no, or freaking, like, Becky doesn't. Worst promotion of the year. I'm sure you can guess it. Yeah. What is it? It's WWE. Yep. Best Booker, Tony Khan. By a long mile. Then Rossi Ogawa and then Sheen Shelby, which I don't know who Sheen Shelby is. Promotion, promoter of the year. Let me guess. Fucking eh, Tony Khan. This is jacking off like AEW. But you know, AEW's doing good. It's only fair. Best gimmick, Roman Reigns. I don't know how it's a gimmick when it's a heel turn. It's just a heel turn, but okay. Well, like head At of least the he ta- won an award. Head of a the ta- positive one. Head of the table. Uh, Paul Heyman is his bitch. Well, I guess that's a gimmick. That just seems more like a bit. Like a bit. And then Orange Cassidy, then Adam Page, then Malachi Black, and then Dan, Dan, Dan Housen. Yeah, I remember there was a couple people telling me, yo, Dan Housen's the hype of shit. Worst gimmick, Alexa Bliss. Yeah, yeah her being a little possessed evil girl was not happening. Just saying. Well, Best pro wrestling book. Mox by John Moxley. Oh, I so want to read that book. Yeah, we sold out of that one pretty quick. Oh, that must be a really good book. Yeah. Hey, buy me that book, bro. Not going to lie. You sure you don't want the Drew McIntyre book? I think I want Mox. I think you would want the Mox. You sure you don't want the the Bella Twins book? I might read that one. (laughs) I would not. I was like, if you gave that that to me for free, I I would totes read it. And the best pro wrestling documentary for the first eight slots was Dark Side of the Ring and a certain episode, but for sure the number one was the Brian Pillman episode, which that was a really good episode, which we've actually reviewed on the show. You could go back into the archives and find that. I don't know. Like, I liked the Brian Pillman ones, but I thought, like, I felt that was way more invested in, say, the the Jake the Snake one, for instance. Well, Grizzly Smith is on the, is that number four? Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's on here, but like the Brian Pillman one was like, uh, like, it was good. And then, yeah, those were the awards. What's your opinion on that? Uh, it's about what I expected. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they're uh, well, the same people that win every year, but but the good get. I guess the people that do good are usually the ones that get the awards. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's and uh, the people that do bad <laughs> and uh, get those bad awards too. That's how awards work, James. Oh, no. It could be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the Grammys or something that pissed people off. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. Every year, my mom always gets pissed. Why aren't Judas Priest in the Hall of Fame? Like, I thought Judas Priest was going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. No, I don't think so. I mean, they're, I think they're on the ballot. Wait, wait, wait. Check. I think they 
There was someone I think I saw that's going in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, speaking of Hall of Fame, did you hear about the Undertaker? Yeah, he's going to get introduced. Yeah, he's going into the WWE Hall of Fame. So, well, you know, there's probably uh, almost no one else more deserving that isn't in there. Well, yeah, like out of like the other countless people, like there's Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. little Hulk Hogan was sketch, but no, Judas Priest isn't in the Hall of Fame. They've just been nominated a bunch. Oh, okay, cool. Well, either way, I got to take a piss, but then we'll come back with Hot or Not. Yay. All right. For today's Hot or Not, given by our good friend Bone Steel, is the new Machine Gun Kelly song with uh, Willow Smith, Emo Girl. Oh. Um, Did you say Willow Smith? Yeah. Will Smith's daughter? Yeah. I whip my hair back and forth. That one? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, she plays pop punk now, if you're curious. What? Since when? Like, I don't know, this past year or two, maybe? I don't pay attention. I see. That might explain why I'm seeing these days a lot of pretty people wearing Metallica and Iron Maiden shirts that are younger than me. That's kind of been normal, though. Is it? Yes. Pretty people don't listen to metal. That's a joke. Jeez. Yes. Don't look at me like that. Um, well, since I've talked a lot about like, well, how would you introduce MJK, MGK? I'm not going to pull up a Spotify profile. No, no, no. So basically, how would you? So basically, MGK is a guy that blew up. He's a rapper, right? And he's, I think he's. What do you mean by the, blew up? It's hard to say. What I mean is, what I mean is he came out. And uh, he he was starting to come out around like the you know the little Wayne and Drake era. He'd been pushed. He'd been he's around. Been, he's been an established musical artist for ten years. Yeah. If you listen to rock media, they say he was a nobody, but no, he was a pretty successful rapper for yeah. a good ten years. But he didn't hit like that mainstream mainstreamness until I'd say about five six years ago. You could say, no, I would say uh, two years ago for sure when he released this full-on pop-punk album, like yeah. da- Tickets to My Downfall. Mm-hmm. And then that's when we kind of been seeing it, him and then like him pissing off the rock community, which I don't personally care for MGK. His but, rapping's fine. And like, I think his pop-punk's been more solid, stronger than any like new rock song. <laughs> All new rock's kind of trash, if you ask my opinion. Yeah, I guess. For the most part, but I love his chaotic nature, just pissing off all these like friggin' rock, like all these like established rock, like rock community. How do I put this? Like the Slipknot? The Slipknot. I was howling at that because believe me, uh, when I was getting into the stuff, Slipknot was kind of stuff for posers or kind of for normies that would kind of like buzz like that kind of listen to like not didn't dive too much else in the metal. If you ask me, but then it became like this gatekeeper band for some reason. And just like this huge established act. When you think of metal, heavy metal music, some people think of Slipknot as one of the first bands. I mean, that's fine with me. I do not, but I didn't care for that. So MGK pissing that group off, I was howling. I mean, I thought it was funny too, because I love Slipknot, but Corey Taylor... It's kind of cringy. Yeah, he's pretty cringy sometimes. I'm just saying. The I'm not ro- saying MGK's not. I'm just saying rock music to most people is kind of cringe. And some kind of do the same butt rock thing. 
I really don't listen to it. Heavy metal. I don't care for it. It's not my thing. Heavy metal is consistently, for a long time, was consistently a genre that had fans that shot itself in the foot because metal always loved to be kind of up its own ass about a lot of things. Like, you know, metal real music. What? No, I wouldn't lump rock music in this because rock music does have that. But rock, is, I mean, they're both umbrella terms, but rock is a bigger to me umbrella term than metal. But specifically talking about metal from its inception, you always had people, various people in bands and fans always being like, oh, this is real. This is the stuff. You know, uh, they care a lot about image. You know, they're always like, don't judge me. But whereas like a lot of the things associated with heavy metal is its imagery. And in fact, judging people based on what they consider pop or fake or stuff but unlike you know goss that keep to themselves and there's like artistry behind it metal guys are like bro you remember when we watched decline of western civilization 2 yeah that's really not that different from a good portion of heavy metal fan bases today in terms of like just really just stuck up thing, we're the real deal but shit. the bands are different now the bands are different but the overall mentalities aren't that different you could say yeah, so, yeah but the mentality they say that but it's literally for bands that are fake as fuck that's what i'm getting at but metal is completely a lot of metal fans are completely unself-aware bands are pretty self-aware for the most part but they milk that shit for money i'm talking about the fans but Corey taylor on one hand the reason why he cringes me out a bit is because he thinks he's legit still about a lot of that like his artistry and about like keeping it real whereas like bro i went to fucking not fest in los angeles your son was the opening band your wife was basically a co-headliner for some heavy metal cirque du soleil show where one of the songs wasn't even metal it was a song by freaking the prodigy and and it's your festival the only band that was missing was stone sour so like so when he cringes me out about that and heavy metal guys always take pop shot pot shots at pop for no reason like Gary Holt like 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 six seven years ago randomly talks shit on Maroon 5 for no reason and then like four or three years ago just randomly talks shit on Imagine Dragons for no reason but the mindless masses that follow heavy metal were like yeah fuck that pussy pop shit dog Corey Taylor is the same way so when this feud was happening oh I couldn't take MGK's side fast enough no matter how much I love Slipknot especially when especially when Corey Taylor was being like like a lame ass 20 year old wrapped up in YouTube drama and leaked emails. It's like, what are you doing, Corey? So yeah, that brought like MGK to like, Oh, pretty good solid prominence. Yeah. Especially to the new, the rock, the like rock scene when he won like the rock award over like ACDC. That was the funniest and fucking five, thing. And people got so pissed, but I'm like, bro, ACDC hasn't done anything in years. Yeah. They did an album, but I'm like, it's going to be the same old ACDC album. Yeah. Yeah. Five Finger Death Punch is doing the same thing. How did how dare MGK write actually cool news, good news songs to actually get people in the get in, people into this? Because heavy metal fans are a lot like wrestling Rock fans. Rock fans too. They hate what kids like and they hate what women like. And a lot of women and kids like MGK. I'm not saying men don't. I don't know why you keep no, trying I'm to. Not, throw, I'm now. I'm not like. I'm not. No, I'm not trying. To also, like I do criticize MGK too. He's a little older. Yeah. Not going to lie. 
He's a little cringy. He's like what, forty now? He's like a uh, no. 30, he's like he's thirty two, and he has oh, children. Well, he looks old. But then he says like creepy shit about like freaking like. Remember we were saying creep, creepy shit about Kendall Jenner or something. He also does drugs. I'm pretty a lot sure. of drugs too. Pretty sure. But whatever. He and like he's dating Megan Fox. So he has some cringy. Fuck, when like, we were in high school, that was the dream because those Transformer movies. I remember Jennifer's body. Yeah, which <laughs> I guess is now became like a fe- uh, like a feminist art piece. I saw some people start to say that a few years ago, but I'm like, bro, are you are we really at a point in life where we're going to deep dive analyze a Ma- the Megan Fox horror movie where she kisses Amanda Seyfried? I guess. I guess. And then like, yeah, she just goes on a murderous rampage. So, yeah. but anyway, to answer your question about MGK, uh, yeah, he pisses off metal guys. And that's really funny to me. Metal guys. Friggin' or uh, you know, ro- like Midwest rock festival guys, yeah, that like listen to Chevelle. See, something. the reason why I wanted to think that is because when I think of like butt rock guys, when I when I think of like rock and roll gatekeeper, I think of like cringy Led Zeppelin dudes, and when I think of heavy metal, but I'm gate- talking about the rock and roll gatekeepers that think or fucking listen to Stone Sour or Theory of Dead Man unironically. Shine down, isn't that Jake? Yeah, Wait, what's wrong with Shine Down? Oh, you like Shine Down. Well, I didn't mean that as in like that's a wrong thing. I'm saying like those kind of gatekeeper people. Don't start talking shit on Seven Dust. Otherwise, I'm going to have to get the weapons. See, you're the guy, right? You're being that guy. That was a joke. Seven Dust is a good band. Fuck you. As I said, like I don't listen to that. Denial. And I'm not going to like tell you not to listen to that. It's totally fine if you do. Hey, all right. Let's listen to the song. (laughs) All right, here's Emo Girl. Well, actually, well, it's called Emo Girl? Yes. Okay. Wait, hold it. Let me uh, get that going. And then, um, hey, Jake has something to say, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. I get voice clips from him, damn it. All right, so for this week's Hot or Not, it is Emo Girl I bet Girl you he's going to bring up the feud. My boy, MGK. Uh, the song is hot specifically because we all know that Emos themselves are Fuck, hot. That's right. The genre is as hot as it's been in 15 years. Emo isn't and, uh, hot right this now. This is pretty is it? relevant. It's got it is. Will Smith's daughter on. See, that's how out of touch you are. And we just know that you're only out of touch because you you're only in touch because you talk to him. Way that's still more than, in touch than you. You know, stinky, gross, grindcore boys and fucking weird industrial uncles with. You know, spiked up temporary dyed hair from you know 1999. So he likes that shit. Maybe cringy, but that's why the song's hot. Oh, thank you, good friend Jake. So yeah, let me pull up the track. Jake, he's turning his back on his roots. Besides, Jake doesn't listen to a lot of music. He he knows so much about pop because that's all he listens to. How dare he? Are you going to be that metal dude that you were just criticizing right now? No, but are you going to be are you going to be that devil's advocate contrarian dude where you don't take one side over the other? You just criticize all sides without taking any sides? I criticize all sides because I just don't care. I have my own thing I listen to, and I'll even criticize that too. Look, man, you, Do you got- want me to try to show some like, random tribalism because I'm not going to. There's no bother. No, I'm I'm, I'm saying I'm I'm saying you know where's the passion. The passion, yeah, bro. It's in. It, it's called my passion. Is not into any of that shit that I don't care for. Yeah, that's fair. I rather put it in places I do care for. Oh, I need to be passionate about this. No, I'm gonna go be passionate about something else. <laughs> Let's be real here. I'm not gonna be passionate about this subject because I just don't care. I I could be those cringy guys that try to act like they care, but I'm like, you're dumb. 
How about you actually go listen to something else? How about you know there's this thing you can just ignore it. But yeah, I'll pay attention true. because it's honestly pissing you guys off. So I'm like, ha ha, lol. <laughs> Quit being dumb. But sometimes it's just the outspoken people may not be more mature, may not be like, you know, I'm a little older. I've kind of grown out of that. I used to do that too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it in the past, but now I'm like, I'm old enough to realize, bro, that's kind of cringy. Let's just go listen to something else. Yeah, You're gonna, But like, you do say things like, dude, dudes that listen to Melkor, this has real drums. I'm like, shut the fuck up. That shit's <laughs> fucking sample replaced. Don't fucking lie to me on that shit. This is real motion. <sighs> okay, cool. Whatever, I guess. But they're fucking layers of vocal tracks, bro. I'm not into that shit. I'm going to go be that fucking nerd. Go and listen to a fucking bunch of Japanese raw punk demos. How about that? I'm going to listen to shit that actually has real drums and sounds like shit. That's what I'm passionate about. How about that? If you were more curious of what I listened to, or I could listen to, you know, what we were going to review after this, Aretha Franklin, that has real instruments. Well, hey, there's a lot. Come on, let's be real here. I'm, if I understand, like, I'm aware what's been sample replaced and then what's real. All right, I'm not fucking blind to that. Right. I'm aware on that, you fucking rock nerds. All right, but let's listen to Emo Girl by Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. Featuring, featuring oh Willow. She's saying I'm God. Yeah, she did open up with the I'm a God. I've okay. already heard this song like two times. But, oh, okay. But I'm sure you've heard it. No, well, you I haven't heard it. No. Half dead, but she still looks so cute. She is a monster in disguise, and she knows all the words to the trap songs. The trap songs, dude. They're talking about each like people to go like, wait, are emos listening to trap? I'm like, you fuckers seem like you haven't gone on fucking TikTok, or you've hang it or haven't hanged out with like like younger girls listening to like fucking alternative music. They listen to trap, bro. I've seen it, which. I don't hang around with the younger girls. It sounds bad. But then that's like sounds like it's going against my point. I have like my, I have younger bandmates and they hang around with, they hang out with younger women and like freaking that's yeah, kind of yeah, what they're yeah. listening to. So I'm like, I get it. Hey, she's not half bad. I know. She seems like the song is actually know, sounds like a lot of auto tune. Cringe. No, she's pretty good though. But I feel like she fits the track more than like MGK's old ass. Yeah, it, it's the voice, like it's, oh, it's her mi- tone. I think you missed the bleeding on your blink tee line. I'm not playing the song again. I would have liked to play that. This really reminds me of Black Number One from Typo because that song How? because that song was describing goth chicks to a T, and this is describing emo girls to a T. Yeah, which is like, I'm like he's not wrong. Go on TikTok and look at that shit. You're gonna see what he's. Bro, describing. this was emo girls when we were, you know, younger. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You never change emos. No, you're not MGK. You're in love with Megan Fox. I would hope. I hope too. I don't know. You Hollywood blood, you Hollywood vampires could do whatever. That's none of my business.
Oh. oh, so funny. So, yeah, no, I felt that song works good for Willow. That's pretty good. This is MGK doing the more thing, but it's like kind of cringy, not going to lie. You're, you're an older dude. Well, yeah, you're talking about the Unless, you're like, talking about the guy, the father who's married, who's in his 30s. Talk about, I fell in love with the emo goat. I'm not saying it would be less cringy if he was single. To all, the, to all our favorite trap songs. I'm not saying it wouldn't you're bleeding be. bleeding on my blink tee. I'm not saying it wouldn't be less cringy. I'm sorry, I'm not saying it would be less cringy if, like, you know, he was single, but it's because he's 32. He's 32. He should have wrote this song, like, eight years ago. Yeah, but he wasn't doing pop punk back then. Yeah. He was doing his friggin', uh, friggin', whatchamacallit, his Midwest rapper boy, th- like, shtick. I don't know, the song's pretty good. I guess I can give it a hot. I mean, it sounds, like, incredibly generic. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've heard that exact song before, but I mean, it's fine. Yeah, but it's still good. Like, yeah, and like I guess it's fresh enough. I felt like the song's relevant to what's going on with emo right now. Which it was a little. Be, let's be honest, emo's more of aesthetic these days. Like, yeah. there was a time where I guess culturally where it was, but now these days it's just kind of. I mean, I guess I never sport. really considered it its own thing. I mean, I considered it like you said an aesthetic thing, but like if it was going to be its own thing, I mean, honestly, emo got absorbed pretty much into pop punk so like if we're you know for just talking musically you know yeah so like you know you could say some did go for like the 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 like the hard not hardcore but you know like the more uh crazy route because emo also bled into screamo when that was a thing no screamo became like well it's hard to say with emo because emo you can like trace back to fucking whatever that damn like Band with the dude from like Minor Threat did. Oh God, it was like I Fugazi. Used, yeah, the fucking Fugazi punks. Which, 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 aren't, which I always hear people say is like you know like the first like real post punk band. Yeah, um, and like kind of like that's a birthplace of like emo too. Like I guess, and then you got your screamos like your Page Ninety Nines and all that shit. See, but. I listened to that record and I don't fully hear that. I kind of, I guess it's probably one of those things I should have been there. And I guess it was dependent on the people. Well, who but what to depends it. what your perspective of emo is, because it's that's the earliest where there's like real emo, and then there's this what you would think is emo, where it's just like alternative or like alt kids or whatever. I mean, that's how it was when we were growing up. Yeah, and that wasn't real emo. Well, I guess I don't know. But yeah, oh my! What I thought about the song? Yeah, fuck, yeah. Fuck is fun and it's catchy. Yeah, it's fine. I don't like cringing at MGK, but I, I, okay, I love MGK because he just pisses off people and he writes pretty fun songs. So, yeah, I'll give it a hot. That's fine. It was more audibly interesting than Avril Lavigne's uh, pop punk song. Yeah. Now, am I going to go see MGK? I doubt it. Watch, wanna, I say wanna, that, but I'm going to be at some point in my life where I'm like, hey, look at this. I'm watching MGK perform live. That's usually how it happens. That's kind of how it is. It just will magically happen. I don't plan on it. But yeah, Willow Smith did a good job too with her, and uh, she's doing all pop punk, the whip my hair around chick, which I didn't re- like. You know, it's a total trip. I know that Jada Pink, like, was it Jada Pinkett Smith or yeah, something? Yeah, 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 that's the lady. She was in a freaking new metal band that people gave shit on. I vaguely remember hearing about that a yeah, long time. Yeah, C Jam New Metal. I also totally didn't realize that was fucking Niobe in The Matrix. You didn't know that? Well, I didn't know that recent. Oh. I just knew that was not like freaking like Niobe. I didn't know that was like Will Smith's like baby mama. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, All right, then. Well, you know, speaking of music. What do we listen to in the classic album reviews this week? Okay, so here's the thing. Um, 
you see, we, when we I brought up Avril Lavigne, right? And she's considered the queen of pop punk. And it's like, that's true. But before that, there was the uh, long time ago, there was also another queen, the queen of soul, Aretha Franklin. That's who we listen to today. No, like that's, yeah, that's say, one of her nicknames. Great segue, bro. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's something. It could have been worse. Just say we listen to the. Re- well, okay. How am I, well, how am I supposed? To, I, I'm trying to transition like naturally. We have timestamps. <laughs> well, yes. Okay. And yeah, Aretha Franklin. We listened to Aretha Franklin. What was the album? The album was called. I forgot to write it down, but I have it uh, somewhere. Was it Lady Soul? Yes, it was Lady Soul. It's a uh, ten. It's a. It was a ten song, twenty eight minute long thing, and. I was talking to my pops about Aretha Franklin. He was like, yeah, you know, when she came out, uh, you know, on top of just, you know, on top of uh, being able to, like, break down doors for, you know, women musicians uh, in general, uh, black musicians in general, she would just had really good music. Uh, she said he re- it really had, like, a good, like, you know, it just had good beats and grooves and it was just it was just really something, you know, and she worked with a lot of uh, talented writers. So and obviously has a great singing voice. And yeah, Rita Franklin's great. Um, I'm trying to think. I thought I had something else uh, written about her, but I guess that's it. I guess we could just uh, get into the album. Yeah, let's get into the album. We've gone pretty long in the show, mostly for my dumb ass reading off the Observer Awards. I'm so mad at myself for doing that. So not going to fucking lie. So the track one is called Chain of Fools. And I'm thinking to myself when I'm putting on this album, I'm like, you know, I wonder if I'll recognize anything off here. And I'm like, Chain of Fools. I wonder what song that is because I didn't recognize the name. And then as soon as it starts, Chain, 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 Chain. I'm like, oh, that radio song. Yeah, this is a song that you've heard on the radio. Um, and yeah, it's good. It's iconic and it's fun. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed hearing it, hearing it. It was a nice, pleasant surprise. I gave it a seven out of 10. All right. For me, I chain of fools was tight and I think I've heard the song before. So I'm like, you know, it's a classic seven out of 10. Agreed. So then song two is fucking nose jumping around. Money won't change you. It's good. And it's bouncy. It had a really dope horn section. I liked it. Um, a lot of the songs, uh, they just had, I noticed a lot of attention was paid to the rhythm sections of these songs. And um, I mean, obviously there's like funk and soul bits, but there's also like tiny bits of like early Motown too. So it's a, there, there was a lot of good, uh, there was a lot of good stuff going on in my ear holes. So I gave track two, I gave it another seven. I was, this album started pretty good for me. All right, for uh, track two, I wrote down this was kind of a mid-paced banger, seven out of ten. There was a lot of rock going on in this record. I was not suspecting this. Spoiler alert. Track three is People Get Ready. This one was smooth and smoky. I made the Motown comment a song ago, and this one I really felt to hear. It was a, um, it, it was a nice, uh, like I said, it was a nice groovy, just slow, just jam. I felt like I was, I felt like I was like, list, uh, like I should have been like, like in a smoky bar somewhere with a martini. It was a really cool song. Uh, another seven. Uh, that's uh, lucky number sevens in a row. All right, for song three, I wrote down she's got pipes, but honestly, the song was a little slow. Six out of ten. Yeah, that's fair. I like the um, I like slow songs, but you know, if you get if you have a bad slow song, it, you have a bad slow song, you know. 
So then uh, track four here is called Nikki Hokey. Uh, I, fir- I misread that title. It's like Hokey Pokey the first time I saw it. Now, this song this song was cool. It sounded like the opening to a spy movie. It was groovy. Uh, I, I wrote here, if you throw on a loud distorted guitar over this, this almost could have been a Hendrix song. It kind of just comes and goes, though. There's no real end. I gave it a six out of ten. Yeah, I wrote down it was an upswing rocker, and that was kind of just six out of ten. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so track number uh, five here is parentheses. You make me feel like a parentheses natural woman. It's a ballad one. I remember my dad singling this one out as being like, eh, the song's kind of whatever. And I, I don't know if the song's whatever. It didn't set my world on fire, but I was still in a good mood, you know? And I liked it. And I really liked the, like, um, I really liked the melodies in this one. It was good, like, trying to, like, pull on your heartstrings kind of stuff. I gave that one a six. So for song five, I wrote down this was kind of a cinematic R&B song. A lot of work was in it. So I, for the effort, it was still a pretty good song. I gave it seven out of ten. Ooh, really? Nice. Track number six, starting side B here, is parentheses, sweet, sweet baby, since you've been gone. Kind of more of the same as uh, nothing amazing, nothing bad, still kind of fun. But definitely more of the same. Another six. All right. For song six, I wrote, this was an upbeat, fun rocker of a song. So seven out of ten. Track number seven here is Good to Me as I Am to You. A mellow, blue, like bluesy bar music. That's what this thing was. And I wrote here, you know, she's one of the greats. Her voice is amazing. Song was a bit boring for me. A really good rhythm section, and I I wrote here. I said it feels nice to listen to an old blues song where I don't I don't feel like the guitarist is just jacking himself off. But it was only okay. I gave this one a five. Yeah. So for this, that was that blues song. Yeah. Uh, when I heard, it, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but the horns were ripping, and Aretha was belting away. Yeah, she was. Like she was putting a lot of fucking effort for like this. Like she was trying th- to save the song. Uh, for that, I'll give it six out of ten. You know what? That's valid. That's valid. <laughs> okay, track eight's uh, track eight's a weird one. It's called "Come Back, Baby." Um, I I know I made note here that you know I just liked its overall vibe, but I I wrote here this song could have been on Soul Train, Ballin. Six out of ten. So for song eight, I thought this was another rocker banger. Seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect as much rock from this uh, from this record. Yeah, but in. like you know, black people made rock and roll. Yes, they did. Let's be real here. <laughs> and like for me, I feel like she's doing a really good job. No, she is. Sometimes some of some better than some of the fucking like generic bands of like that time period. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's be real here. This is way better than um. I think uh, what was it in the seventy like mid seventies? She tried to do a disco album, and it. Uh, did it not do well? Didn't do well. Me, I want me might have been better than the Kiss Disco. Might be no, dude. That that <laughs> Kiss Disco is classic. Now I don't know if they made a whole. I don't know if Kiss made a whole record of disco, but their discos hit <laughs> rules. So fuck yeah. Track nine is grooving, and I saw the song tile, and I'm like, is this a cover? Because I recognize some of the lyrics. So I looked it up. And this is when I found out. I think like half the songs on here at least are covers. Like like some, like some of them are originals. 
like some are like penned by her like in writing credits some aren't written by her but they were written for her you know but yeah half the songs are uh are covers and this this one's one of them this is that one where it's like grooving on a sunday afternoon um i but i wrote here i said um i admit i like the uh young rascals version better i gave it a i gave it a five yeah, I've not listened to the Young Rascals version, but Groovin' was a groover, and I thought the drum work was really sick. 7 out of 10. Wow, I think I like this record more than you. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I don't know, maybe because I listen to real music, oh, not just fake bullshit. Oh, shut up. <laughs> just fucking fake bullshit. Track 10 is Ain't No Way. And I wrote here, this is a sexy ballad with a sexy sax. Let's go, boys. This song was actually written, I saw, by her older sister. And I'll be honest, I thought I thought the middle of this record was kind of bad. But this was a good finisher. Um, it was good music, some exceptional vocal delivery. It was just a nice song to listen to. I gave it a six. Gosh darn it. So for song 10, yeah. I was like, a sad song to finish the record. Okay. Not too stoked, but as the song went on, there was a lot of layers going on, and I'm like, not going to lie. I thought the song ruled. Yeah. Best good. song on the record. Eight out of ten. So if I tally up my score, which I did, I don't know why I always say that, but I just, I've said it so long now, I just default to saying it. I, I do the math. Actually, I'll be honest. Sometimes I forget to do the math, and then, like, I'm trying to, like, do the math as we're already recording. But, um... Out of a score of 100, this record got a 61, which is, uh, yeah, pretty good. I think your I think your score probably came closer to like 70 or maybe even past higher. 70. Uh, so, yeah, a uh, good solid record. This is like her 12th studio album. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad I listened to it. I've always wanted to give Aretha um, more of um, like more listens. And I'm glad I got to hear one of her records. So, yeah, when I had to figure out where this there's only one way to listen to this on Spotify. Yeah. And it was this, like bonus track edition. I'm like, bro, I don't want to fucking listen to goddamn bonus tracks. I'm yeah. only listen to the actual like original record, how it was, because less time. Yeah. Let's be real here. And when I was researching it, uh, just going to Wiki so I could see where the like album like used to end, I saw the reviews and it all of it was five stars. So I'm like, damn, this must be a pretty fucking good record. And when I'm listening, it's like, you know what? For the time period, kind of how like late sixties was, and just like how just how it was, shit, I thought it was good. I'm like, damn, dude. She's doing rock songs really good. Yeah. Better than the fucking rock bands, actually, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah. And then she's got like that, that freaking like grooving soul. And like there was a little variety. That's like a yes and no. I can you can almost say some songs were the same, but they kind of weren't. No, no, no. I didn't feel like I, I was listening to copy paste. I thought I was gonna listen to a lot of just like slow songs this record. Yeah, some melody. But no, there was like a lot of upbeat with a fucking like upbeat with like that freaking mid paced drumming I like. And I'm like, yeah. fuck yeah. There dude. was uh what's the word? There was um not, not layers. You said layers that there is. There but was some dimensions. So there was dimensions. To yes, this. and I like that. I thought there were dimensions. I thought there was like a slow, the fun, upbeat song. There wasn't a point where it was disco, where like disco goes a little bit faster, a little mm -hmm. bit. But for like that sixties kind of like mid paced rock and roll, shit, she's kind of keeping it a little bit more straightforward. Also, her as a talent, I was really stoked on this record. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just sitting there, it's like I'm tripping. I'm like, man, I don't know why, how I like this record more than you. I'm usually more cynical on this shit, but 
Who knows? Maybe it was just simple and I enjoyed it a lot. It was simple and good. No, I liked it. Maybe a lot. the this five really star nice. reviews, all the five star reviews might have waited. I'm like, you know what? Okay. Seems like this might be a good one. I'm just like, you know, shit, this is a good one. We've listened to some records where there's a little droll. And I'm like, oh, God, yeah. I'm like, this kept up good consistency. Yeah, no, this isn't like, I mean, I mentioned that the, that the like middle was mad, but like, don't let the numbers fool you. This was like a better record than like, uh, I'd say at least three or four of the records that have come from that book. And, uh, you know, this isn't like an album where it's like, say, uh, for like the 50th fucking time, like G Love and Special Sauce, where at the point the record just dies or like, you know, the Jay-Z record where I just get bored or Sinead O'Connor where you don't even know where you don't even know what to make of it. This was nice. It was simple. It was clean and cut. I liked it. Go out and listen to it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely go out and listen to it. But gotta keep it. It'd be kind of cool to think about. It. I was thinking about the other week. I was just like, you know, what if like you know, like a fan or two out there? Because we, you know, we tell folks ahead of time what album we're listening to. So I'm like, I wonder if anyone like actually goes out and like listens to the record like uh, like before we uh, review it. That was a good question. That'd be cool. Maybe one day we'll like hear the answer to that mystery but for right now it shall stay a mystery yeah because i'm not going to put in the effort to figure that out maybe <laughs> to anyone that's listening you can throw up a comment or something saying that you have like we have you have listened to us and you're like you know what i am gonna go check out this classic album review but other than that so for the so are we gonna go ahead next week with the plan well what was the plan well, you threw out the idea, hey, bro, let's listen to The Who. Yeah. I was like somehow vibing for The Who, but what record to listen to by The Who? Well, do you, that well, that was, oh, fuck. That was the one thing we couldn't decide. Do we want to just do a one-off or do we want to uh, go through? There's a lot but of- probably break it up. There's a lot of fucking Who records. Yes. Uh, I don't know. If, do we want to go on a seasonal journey? They have 12, so it'd be easy to break it up into threes or fours. Well, do you want to do the seasonal journey? I mean, we haven't done it. Just give me a yes or a no. Well, I don't know. I I'm, I could go either way. Well, which way are you leaning more towards? I guess I'm leaning more towards left. Uh, left. Yes. All right, then. We'll do it. Okay. All right. We'll start with their first record. So we're going to just start listening to The Who. Okay. But we're breaking it up. We're not going to just go run straight through. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that was probably... That was easy to do with Guns N' Roses. There was they only, only f- have four records. There was four records, but we're doing 12 records. That's yeah. 12 weeks. Yes. Oh, fuck, that is 12 weeks, isn't it? Uh, yeah, do you want to break that up by threes or fours or even just twos? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe okay. a record will piss me off and I want to take a break. <laughs> well, the first record is My Generation, so we're, they're already off to a good start. Although it is a little concerning. There's two James Brown covers and a Bo Diddley cover. Uh Man, the 60s. What a wild time. <laughs> but yeah, look forward to that, everybody. Next week, The Who. All right, then. All right, everyone. It's time for the main event. Yeah, dude. Now, I can't say this is a spectacular movie. No. I don't know if most people have heard it. I didn't hear it. But fuck, this movie sucked ass. Yeah, this movie sucked. What I- the fuck? Okay, how the hell did you... Where did you learn about this movie? Okay, so I just remember here... Okay, so... Back, okay, you know Nostalgia Critic? 
Yes. Okay, so he he used to be, or maybe still is, used to be part of this website called Channel Awesome. And on Channel Awesome, there was another reviewer called The Cinema Snob. His whole gimmick was he was a, he was a pretentious, poshy music reviewer, but he reviewed like exploitation B, C, and Z movie type of shit. Okay, well, I remember a long, long time ago, this, like I'm serious, like this is like over 10 years ago. I remember, I think I remember watching a review because he talked about this movie. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Forgot about it for a long time. I was chilling on TV tropes one night and I was like, oh, I remember seeing that movie. And, you know, and I was just like, I was just kind of looking through it, avoiding spoilers, whatever. And I'm like, dude, this sounds like a, this sounds like a big, dumb, like just bad, awful movie. We're going to throw it on. There's going to be a lot of just cringy bullshit. We're going to laugh at it. You know, it, it's It's going to be like when we watched Last Dragon, which I don't know if you'll believe this or not, does fall under black exploitation like this yeah. one does. Okay. But I'm like, okay. Yeah, but that, that, but movie, that movie was good. good. And so I'm like, okay, it's going to be like that, but bad. And then there's Samurai Cop, bad B, B movie. Yeah. But that I, thought, was I was comedy. expecting a Samurai Cop. We did not get a fucking samurai cop. Oh man, I was upset. You look pretty upset. I was upset with myself like 20 minutes into this movie. I literally I wrote it. Let me find it. Yeah, yeah. I three paragraphs in, I wrote in here, fuck, I've made a mistake. You made a bad mistake. You you weren't I was like, what the fuck? I thought this was gonna be a fun, hammy, good time of a bad, awful movie. There but was, no, it was just a bad, awful movie. There was only like one or two hammy moments. Yeah. I think this might be worse than that one than the than Steven Seagal, the Steven Seagal movie, not the one with D. Oh wait, they both had DMX. Well, the the, the one from 2016 or whatever. 2019. 19. That yeah. movie was horrible. I think this was worse than that. But we can roast Steven Seagal. Yeah. Here we have fucking Lurch from the fucking Adams family. I couldn't believe that. I like did research about is anyone notable in this movie? I'm like. Fucking Lurch is from in this movie. God, the well, only he's a main character. Yeah, he's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's just get into it and go home. Well, the movie opens. It looks like dog shit. Yeah, like this is a VHS rip, but this is like fuck, dude. If you want to talk about a bad B movie, they just try to do. This was a bad movie. They try to do. Yeah, we just like a fucking cut edit for the opening title. Mm hmm. It just kind of like. Dun dun! Catch the black black sunshine. Oh yeah, what was the movie we watched today? Oh yeah, so it's called. It's actually called Catch the Black Sunshine. But but director, writer, producer, and star Chris Robinson didn't, or maybe it was the the company that put this thing out didn't think it was marketable enough, so they changed it to Black Rage. Spoiler: There was not raging going. There was even a lot of black. God, for real. <laughs> or there something. Was, there wasn't. There was. No, yeah. Okay. So. You literally look at the cover where it says Black Rage and you see a black lad in overalls who's got his fisties, fisty cuffs up. Look yeah. like, okay. Looks like he's going to fucking slaughter his oppressors. Yeah. No. No. And in one of the old movie posters that I was able to dug up. You have our three main characters on, and it kind of looks like the black guy's attacking the white dude and the lady, but that's not even true in the movie. Okay, so anyway. And when this opening credits said Black Rage, mm -hmm. but the movie's called Catch the Black Sunshine, I'm going to call it Catch the, the Black, black Sun Sunshine. That is its true name. That is its true name to the yes. actual nature of this damn movie. So, so if you think this is a movie called Black Rage, you are wrong. Yes, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, you were fucking wrong. 
Okay, so to set up really quick, our two heroes are named Levi and Sunshine. Now, I thought they I thought I thought they were being just clever little bitches. No, no, no. Because they kept calling each other brothers. No, it turns out they are like, if you pay attention to the dialogue, when you can hear it over the shitty sound mixing, um, they are actually like brothers, but Sunshine came out white. And they say he's an albino an albino black lad. Yes. This is not us saying it, this is the movie. Please yes. don't cancel us. <laughs> This is the fucking movie. Yeah. What the fuck? So it opens with our two heroes. They're di- they're doing some stuff. It They've- opens in the year of our Lord of 1859 or 58. Yeah. yeah. That's it like what? Four years? For like a split second. That's like what? Four years before the Civil War? And we see our fucking main characters digging a ditch. And they find a treasure map. And they- yeah. <laughs> they find a treasure map. What? And honestly- I thought to myself, okay, this isn't as bombastic as I thought, but I'm like, okay, we're talking about a, a like a white slave and his black brother with a treasure map going to find treasure escaping their oppressors. I'm like, okay, this sounds campy and fun. They find huh. some bones, a map, and I guess our villain, this square face looking fucker lad, <laughs> which I eventually found out that was Lurch. I'm like, what? Yeah. His character's name is Stryker. So do you want to call him Lurch or Stryker? I'm going to call him motherfucking Lurch. <laughs> and here's the thing about fucking Lurch. He was the best actor in this whole Everybody movie. says that, and I, it's true. It just literally, <laughs> like, this is fucking Lurch. All he did was mumbled and walk around. Yeah. But when he talked, it felt natural. Yeah. It wasn't awkward. Nope. And when he did his thing, everyone else was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so he comes I'm by. I'm going to go piss. Dude, just go. So he comes around and he tries to confiscate the map, right? And there's these like really awkward like long pauses and like like cuts back and forth between the eyes, right? And then he says something along the lines of like anything you find belongs to the old man. Like he just had this like uh, you guys thought Peter Steele had a deep voice. This dude had a deep voice, okay? And then Sunshine just pulls him into the hole. By the way, Sunshine, the albino black man, he is uh, blonde with, you know, blue eyes and shit. Because, okay, why not? They pull him into the hole. I thought they killed him, but they knock him out. And then um, Sunshine is telling Levi, this is a direct quote from the movie, because he's trying to convince Levi to go with him to find this treasure. He says... You want to be a slave all your life, or do you want to do something about it for once? Oh, man. (laughs) So they decide to stick together. Okay, the dude that harassed them comes into consciousness, and we meet another... Okay, so then another dude comes by on horse. Then he jacks his horse. I wrote Jersey for some reason. There's no jerseys in the 1800s. I'll fuck it back. Yeah. So the scene was kind of hilarious. Yeah. Because fucking Lurch wakes the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And then like the our main characters have run because I guess they have a map and they're just like, fuck this. Yeah. We're going to run away from our oppressor Lurch. Lurch just goes up to a dude. This was like the moment where I'm like, okay, maybe this is a funny campy movie. Yeah. He literally just lifts the dude's legs off and he's just like, it's like freaking, um, he was asking where his horse was. 
this dude says, I don't know. And it's like, or something. And he's like, I think you're right. Well, either way, this is my horse. He just generally just knocks this dude off the horse, hops on it. And I guess bounce out. I haven't looked at my fucking notes. I'm just going off memory of my disgust last night. <laughs> so then I wrote here, they're walking and then strikers, sorry, lurch is walking and they're all walking and walking and nothing's happening for a long time and i wrote here oh shit i chose the wrong movie yeah so the guy so strike uh, lurch chasing them he comes to a little shack i think it's a bar well either way well it's like freaking i wrote down um yeah he told like i just wrote down like so freaking lurch just totes the slave owner rides off and chase the characters the main characters cross a pond <sighs> i'm not gonna say it yeah. I'm not going to say it. No, that's fair. Yeah. So fucking Lurch cr- crosses the pond too, but just loses their, t- loses their trail. Yeah. So the character, so our main characters, Sunshine and whoever the fuck, I can't remember his name. I think it's Levi. Levi, Sunshine and Levi. I just wrote them, I just wrote them as the characters are now <laughs> lost and gassed. Yeah. <laughs> so we see Lurch now go to a fucking shack building. It's so dark, you can't see shit. I think it's a bar. Yeah. With these gross, sweaty drunks. Like, fucking disgusting. So they yeah. got dig good casting, I guess. There's a singer saying, Nobody knows the trouble I've been. And I'm oh, like, Oh, that's what he was singing? Yeah. I was like, I was like, Hey, I heard that song from Spaceballs. <laughs> Better fucking movie. I've heard that. Mo- I've heard that song for that. That's a good one, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I, so these guys, I guess, are slave hunters. No, I just wrote down. Fuck this place. It's a restaurant too. Because fucking Lurch is like, yeah. Can you just give me some dinner? He orders food, and then these noisy, these nosy fuckers are bounty hunters. Oh, bounty hunters. Okay. Yeah, they're bounty hunters. Bounty hunters, you guys. And they try to offer him his service because it sounds like, oh, you're trying to find someone? Where's some bounty hunters? And these guys don't shut the fuck up. And what I mean by they don't shut the fuck up, I mean they don't stop fucking laughing. It's like, hey, we'll help you. <laughs> We're the best. It's like, <laughs> shut up. He enlists their kill help me. anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was like, help. kill me. We also see shots of his food, and it's just infested guy, with flies. The, and the guy's just like reaching in the bowls with his hands and just plopping it on the on the freaking plate, you know? I'm like, what the fuck is this? So yeah, these corny bounty hunters, squares, like freaking Lurch says he'll pay them $100 each, which I'm sure that's a lot of fucking money in the year of our Lord of 1858 or That's 59. enough to keep you going for a while in Red Dead. And they're going like, I don't know, we're like going there is kind of, I don't know if the glades or whatever the fuck they said. You can't hear shit. No. But they're going somewhere dangerous that these bounty hunters are sketch. These, the audio mixing in this is even worse than, than the like, fucking video. Yeah. <laughs> Because now we see the bounty hunters in Lurch. They're just going going through the water. Also. With dogs. You could have made. Which dogs look like they're barely above the water. Dude, there was so much almost animal drown, drowning in this movie. Also, you could make a. If, if you ever want to watch this shitty movie with your friends, you could make a drinky game out of this. Take a shot every time it cuts to someone walking through water. There's a lot of shots in this movie of dudes just walking through water. No dialogue, not even any music. It's just people walking through water. So either way, we see Lurch the bounty hunters walking. The dogs are making noise and our main characters wake up and they bounce. 
Yeah. The characters are able to get away because the wind changed so the dogs can't smell them anymore. So I guess it starts raining or not. Uh, I have editing (laughs) this fucking editing this fucking movie. Yeah. mm, Anyway, I just know that Sunshine gets bitten by a snake. Yeah. So it's like it's bitten by a snake and they run into slave runaways that have made a community out in the middle of these Everglades. Yes. There's a uh, woman there who sucks out the poison and they spend the night. And then it cuts to... Well, they first, when they meet them, they beat the shit out of Sunshine. Oh, yeah, they that's right. Because they, they think he's a white guy. Yeah. But they're like, oh, no, he's an albino black man. Fuck this movie. <laughs> so they're there for a bit, right? And then, um, by the way, do you know how, do you want to know how little I had to say about this movie? Using a type, uh, a font size of 16 before the, if you take out the music reviews, I had maybe eight to 10 pages of notes on this movie on my Samsung notes. So we didn't cut to a shot of like almost complete and total blackness. Like this was darker than darkness. And we just you, see a fucking torch <laughs> and yeah. Lurch is talking. I didn't know if that was torch or a, I couldn't see any bodies. There was just fire. There was just fire. <laughs> Out of the darkness, we just see a fire. And yeah. these dudes go like, hey, I think we see them in this makeshift community. We can get them right now. And Lurch's like, we'll get them tomorrow. I can't like, do his voice, but it's just like this. I, I said he has early, a deep voice. Yeah. He says, we'll get them in. We'll get them tomorrow. They can hear us in the middle of the night sloshing water. I feel like it would be better to catch them during the daylight. Maybe we could see things better. And then bam! Just like that, we cut to the morning. Yeah. Gunshots. Yeah, we're just like, all right, we'll catch them in the morning. And then, yeah, gunshot just... No smooth transition. You're like, oh, hey, there's gunshots now. What the fuck? And let me tell you, this movie had a lot of slow moments, okay? And it was good. It wasn't good because of quality. No, no. It's because during shit like this, when there's a lot of stuff having, like, frantic crap happening on screen, the frame rate and quality of the movie took complete dumps. I could... The quality was so bad, I could... I had no idea what was going on half the time. So, they're... Basically, Lurch and the Bounty Hunters raid the village. Yeah, and... Sunshine and Levi... Are able to get away. Yes. We see them like they get they catch one of the gunshots and they bounce. First off, there's so many like the there's dialogue here with the bad guys, right? But there's the animals in the area are so freaking loud you can't hear them. And then I don't know how else to say this other than this. Then next, I felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. So they line up the villagers. Okay, so there's two these two guys. I just called them the dumb stooge and the head stooge. The dumb stooge starts making eyes at the woman that sucked the poison out of Sunshine's body, gets real touchy feely with her, she refuses his advances, and then he just fucking kills her. Yeah, because she fucking like freaking knees him in the nuts and he's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna kill you. And then freaking Lurch is like not too stoked that he's like, Why the fuck did you kill her? Yeah. What the fuck? He's like, oh, she tried to get away. Yeah, she shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she tried to get away. And it's like, you are the most disgusting looking human <laughs> being I'm, I see right now in this goddamn movie. It's like, bro, do you, rem- okay, bro, do you remember, do you remember Wait, which fast- one I forgot? There was like this chubby lad that beat the shit out of Sunshine. I guess he escaped with him and Levi when the raid started happening. See, I couldn't tell because... And I say that because I'm watching the movie. I'm paying attention. There's they run away, and then after she gets killed, I'm jumping ahead. We'll go right back. But then later, it cuts to the two of them and walking through water, 
But then there's this other guy with them. I'm like, wait, who the fuck are you? He, like, showed up earlier and beat the shit out of the fucking sunshine. But I guess he escaped with them. They're talking, and it sounds like they lost the map. I'm like, huh, what? They lost the map? That's what it sounded like? They say that, but I'm like, they don't? Wow, this map does not do anything to the plot. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> we see bad guys walk. Through then water, we see probably. Good, and then we see good guys walk. Mm -hmm. And they get ambushed. Yep. The chubby lad breaks his ankle in the water, I guess. So the other dudes get away. Which is weird because, okay, I thought he got shot. Because I think Dumb's dude shot him. And it looked like he got shot. But then he's like, oh, my ankle. And then he just hides. He has a pig with him. And the pig looks like it's trying to stay above fucking water to save its life. I think he gets away because they don't find him. And you can see... The chubby lad's doing duck and dive in yeah. this fucking, like, waist-deep water. So, like, literally when fucking... I don't know, the fucking one of the nutbag bounty hunters walks by. He's able to just hide away. So, nothing bad happens to him. Okay, so then after we see the this, characters find a shitty half of a raft. <laughs> yes, like, this fucking raft is like halfway into the water. No, yeah, and they're just floating down the river with it. I'm like, what? And then, um, and I wrote here, God, these scene transitions are pissing me off. So then they find the raft, push it down river. Then Big Chin and the Stooges, which honestly that could be the name of the fucking band, Lurch, come it's, yeah, Lurch and the Stooges come across just at a, the beach now. Yeah, they're just at a beach at a lighthouse with an actually kind of pretty shot, and they talk. And I'm like, they bring up about they talk. And okay, it, the bounty hunters find out about the map, I guess. Yeah, so they want in on the deal. But then, nor they didn't talk about it till, till later. But then Levy and Son are. Are walking and talking, but then we just cut back to the bad guys who, like you said, are at the beach. I'm like, oh, okay. But then, bam, it's raining. But then, bam, it's morning. <laughs> I guess. So then, more racists find our heroes. You guys. Well, yeah. I just know from my notes, they find like bounty hunters find out about the map. There's a windy day at the beach because they're trying to do something, <laughs> but the wind is just not. The wind's not making anything happen. Yeah, the notebook. This is not. Now a lightning storm and morning, and then the carrots, and then our main characters, Sunshine and Levi, are uh just ambushed by dudes. I thought these were the bounty hunters. Nope, yeah, these are just some random dudes that are you know saying racist shit, and they start and like they are like pinning them down and beating the sh or just like talking shit. Levi yeah. tries to start fighting back, but it fails. Levi at one point says, "One day the slaves will rise up." So that's a thing. Then he fights them off, but then he gets beat up. I don't think I feel safe trying to like replicate any of the like dialogue in this movie. No, I, I wasn't. That's why I just said the line. Then they knock out Sunshine, but then they just leave them. But then they wake up and I thought, wait, are these guys just going to get beat up and then fuck off? But no, they get their revenge. And by revenge, I mean, they follow them and they find them in the woods at like their house or whatever. whatever. The attackers are a fucking lumberers. I guess. Or lumberjacks. They find their little lumber yard shed. They find a support beam and then they just like break the like they like destroy the shed and Sunshine and Levi break the shed. Is that the support beam to the house? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that happens. And then um so after that happens, the bad guys come again and then some minor backs and this is where we got the minor backstory on Sunshine. Because he's talking to the Stooges and he just he literally just says he uh, was born Lurch. Lurch says he was born looking white, so they called him Sunshine. Like those aren't the lines, but that's all he was saying. Then they come across the racist whose house got broke. 
and nothing happens. Well, here's the thing. Like, a little before the lumberyard, they were, like, freaking lurching. The bounty hunters were walking, and the bounty hunters are trying to, like, bargain with him about the map and its finding. It's like, we'll see if we get there. Yeah. Fuck off. Lurch rolls up to the broken lumberyard. More walking. The bad guys stop and want to munch. But fucking the, like, annoying dickhead lost the food. What the fuck are you looking up? No, it, it's coming. No, no, it, it's it's related. This is coming later. But yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I don't even know when he lost the food. I just know he lost it. And Lurch is straight up just ready to kill this guy. Yeah, it's like they lost the food. And then he starts questioning, why is this fucker here? Because there's like one, like the dude he actually bargained to deal with is like, ah, he's useful. Is he? He has his uses. That's what he says. <laughs> well, Lurch tells him, all right, you fucker, shape up. I'm not wasting my money on you guys if you guys are going to dick around and lose our food. So our main yeah. characters. They happen across a settlement and there's, oh my God. So this scene that happens right here almost made this bad movie worth it. Oh yeah. So Sunshine. Oh yeah. So Sunshine and Levi. They about to go into a house and they come across a dude and a gal getting it on. In some fucking barn shed. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're, they're they're on some fucking random farm. And then like there's some dialogue back and forth, but but this this scene ends literally is like with Sunshine telling this farm lad, We gonna get us some chickens and you're gonna stay right chia. Ain't that right, little white boy? <laughs> That bullshit almost made this worth the it. Little, so this fucking one lad is the farmer helper, and he's trying to bone down the farmer's daughter. Yes. So Sunshine blackmails him to like, hey, let us take two, let us jack some chickens. We're hungry. Don't say shit, or we'll say something about you in here with the farmer's daughter. Yeah. And then this was juxtaposed by probably maybe my least favorite part of the movie because there hasn't been a lot of music in this movie. So Sunshine makes his way into the corral to grab chickens as this quirky, happy music plays as the as the young guy gets on with the farmer's daughter. But then the farmer is slowly taking notice that there's some fuckery about. Yeah, he's like, wait, why do I hear my chickens fucking around? And there's this happy-go-lucky Disney-sounding music. Like, haha, yeah, fun, funny music. So eventually, Sunshine, like, freaking Levi tells, like, Sunshine, like, hey, farmer might be seeing us hide. Sunshine hides. The farmer sees, I don't know what the fuck the commotion is. Go back to doing what he's doing. So freaking Sunshine and Levi try to leave, but they try to jack the farmer's bicycle. Yeah, so the har- so the farmer hobbles over at the speed of Dylan, and then Sunshine and Levi, they just they 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 jack a bike. They try yeah, they're trying to jack a bike, but they're making too much noise and commotion. The farmer hobbles over, picks up his shotgun, shoots at them, and they whimsically run away like the fucking three stooges or something. And then, like, we also see the freaking daughter come out and berate her father for firing the gun for whatever reason. I'm like, what? This music, by the way, that's what I was looking up. Just listen. This is the same movie where we watched watched a woman get sexually assaulted and then killed. And then this is the movie, the music they play for this scene. Listen to this. Oh, you motherfucker. I I hit a thing for now. It's right here. This is the fun movie about slavery. This is the shit. 
Yes, this fucking. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, what's this Adams Family music? <laughs> oh my god, that pissed me off more than anything else in this movie. Whatever. Lurch then like appears and talks to the farmer, and he points them where Sunshine and Levi have walked. We have a funny little scene of Levi and uh, Sunshine falling off the bike for no reason. We see bad guys walk. We see good guys chill. We see bad guy trip. Yeah, freaking Sunshine and Levi are chilling at the bank of a river, and then dumb dudes trips and like fires off his gun, and so, then they get away. So yeah, let me put that again. Bad guys walk. Good guys chill. Bad guy trips and gun goes off. Good guys bounce. Now good guys walk. Bad guys walk. Through water, by they the way. They find the bike and do nothing. <laughs> and then I wrote down, more walking. The characters find a swamp shack. A very creaky door. And then a gun shot by some lady. Yeah. They're just sitting there asking her, hey, could you give us directions on where to go from here? We're a little lost. While also saying, Sunshine says, I'm the sheriff. And Levi, here's my little helper. Yes. The one time he tries to like, you know, whatever. So then they go up to, uh, by the way, this woman. She eventually chills out and is like, okay, you guys don't seem sketch. By the way, you want to hear something fucking hilarious about this about this lady? What? Remember how I said this movie is written, produced, directed, and in fact, Sunshine is played by Chris Robinson? Yes. This lady's his wife. Cool. <laughs> Cool, dude. You want to talk about this dumb scene in the shack? Because this is some primo acting right here. I'm not going to... I don't have a way to criticize the acting because I don't bother with that. Oh, I do. Well, well, you hit, <laughs> Let me let me paint the picture. Okay. Before they go in, they find out that her husband's been gone. For like three months. Yes, because he went to go get supplies, which I guess this is the fucking life of living in the fucking swamp or wherever the fuck this is. Out in them Whatever. So they go in. She feeds them food. Yeah. They're pretty stoked on the food because they also brought her chickens and they cook. And then she literally says, oh, this was the last of my food. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? Why? You didn't have to feed us that. Wait, why? And this is where it starts. Well, it only would have lasted me a few more days. It's the worst fake crying you've ever heard in your life. She's just like, she's just like, can you please take me with you? I guess. So that happens. And then they're like, you know what? Sure, you can come with us. But then they just torch her house? No, there's just a rainstorm. Oh. The wind knocks over a lamp, sets the fucking shack on fire. Well, I guess which so. Which magically explodes for some yeah, reason. Yeah, like, there was like two separate explosions. They have a budget for explosion. <laughs> <laughs> this movie had a budget. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, and we just see them walk... They walk through a storm. Okay, so... And then they walk through not a storm. And like, okay... And more walking! <laughs> through water. Okay, so is this where they find the fucking raft? No, because bad guys wake up at the beach. That's right. And fucking... Why were they at the beach? Where was this? And the fucking dumb goon is surrounded by little birds or something. Little thought, birds and little crabs. like little crabs, yeah. Little crabs. It's something. Some shitty annoying laugh. Ha 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 ha. This movie's lighthearted. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, this movie went from sexual assault to now lighthearted shenanigans. So, characters walking, and one of them points at a tree. Then more walking. 
and then more falling walking as they see oh my god look a hill <laughs> this is the movie <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> and then a music chop at it to like some long hair dude cause I guess they went up the hill and the main characters just kill him yeah sure that's all I have that's literally what happened. It's like the they characters were, kill him. Sure, I thought he was. You're talking about the, like the dude in the loincloth, right? Yeah, just some dude in a loincloth. Yeah, I think that was just. I was like, what the fuck? Why is there just a random Native American here or some? I just wrote down. Then they run into some. I just wrote down savages because something they look like no different than fucking the cannibal Holocaust peeps. <sighs> oh yeah, I remember and that there's movie. just some chick being cooked like a rotisserie chicken. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I'm like, when did this become cannibal Holocaust? So, you think at this point, the main character's like, oh, hey, we should totally save this woman. No, they just fucking leave her. Yeah, this lady's like, all right, we're jacking this canoe, bye. <laughs> and then more just down the river, and then we see shots of wildlife. Birds, crocodiles. Yeah. And then we see a romantic connection with this la- with the lady in Sunshine. This was the, this was, okay, you remember how I was just yelling about the crappy music selection here? Here, they decide for no reason when you've got like 20 or less minutes left in your movie, now's the time for you to have a montage of woman falling in love. I didn't even get her name. I don't know what her name is. So I just called her woman. I, I just call her the lady. Okay, either way, you have woman falling in love with sunshine set to woman with acoustic guitar and strings, and I'm just like, why would you do this? And then, like, I'm assuming we watched the same YouTube video because mine kept yes. jump cutting. So, like, then well, this the- is the movie. I suspect. Yeah. Come on, it's a fucking gar. Have you seen how garbage this movie is? I'm sure there's just jump cut edits. Here's the thing. I think Samurai Cop might be a better movie than this. Oh, fuck. It's at least funnier. <laughs> at least that one I enjoyed. I'm like, bro, not going to lie. I that might movie watch- knew how to edit. I might have to. I might watch that again. Not going to lie. <laughs> this movie was so bad. You're going to rewatch Samurai Cop. Not going to lie. Here's the thing. We see romantic connections with mm-hmm. the Sunshine and the Lady. Yeah. Then now shots of the ocean. I wrote down, fuck, this is bad. <laughs> Boring. What the fuck? They arrived at some coastal town. Yeah. They just arrived at some coast town. Yeah, this looked like they showed up at like Pismo or something. We just see fucking sunshine and the lady. They walk off somewhere. Levi goes somewhere. Yeah. There's this sketchy looking eye patch lad just Which I forgot to mention earlier, dumb stooge interrogated an old an old uh an old slave. Like where where the heroes went, and then he promises to let him go if he tells him, and he actually does. But then I think this fucking guy shows up and kills that guy. Then he disappears, and now he reappears here. But I don't think he ever got any resolution, and we never found out who he was because he just shows up, stalks these guys, and stares at them. And then here's what happened. This is what happened. No, he doesn't just show up and stalk. He was just hanging out. Yeah. Him and Levi are just having a, a staring contest. This is what happens in the span of like less than two minutes. Okay. From Levi making eye contact with the guy, we cut back to Sunshine and Woman, where I guess they're professing their their love or attraction or mutual I want to bone you ship. And she's like, we can't because you're black. And then the movie cuts to Sunshine staring down the guy 
more cuts, and then it cuts to Sunshine and Levi, but not woman, running back to the raft. Yeah. And if it sounds like my speaking's disjointed, it's because I feel like I'm going to fucking pass out from how stupid that was. I'll tell you how I wrote this down. Okay. They arrived at some coast town. As I said, at some, like, coastal town. They, like, they split up, like, Sunshine and the Lady go talk, I guess, and then, I guess, like, love romance. Levi goes, hangs out at a fence. There's a sketchy eye patch lad. I don't know if he has any importance to the plot. No, he does not. Then, for some reason, I just worked out they ditched the lady. Okay, have fun with your new life, ma'am, on this coastal town. <laughs> your house got burned down. I don't know. Here, start your new life. They run back to the canoe, and then I wrote down more boat cruising. Then I guess they have a map. They have the map that they lost. Okay, so they didn't lose the map. I thought they did lose the map. I thought they lost the map, too, but no, they just have a map. And they find a jetty, or just like a freaking like rock barrier. And it was like, oh, hey, look, it's the rocks. I'm like, we're back at the map, the map plot, I guess. And the fucking shitty goon shoots them. Or at least fires a shot at them. Lurch pops out and he stops them. And then it stops. Well, yeah. <sighs> Trying to remember. There's an annoying fucker in this movie. He shoots, fires at them. Lurch stops them. It's like, please don't kill them. Because I guess, I guess Lurch likes his slaves. <laughs> well, here's so he stops them. They yeah. bicker. And then Lurch just stabs them. Is that what happened? Because from my perspective, when I was watching the movie, by the way, Lurch doesn't actually own them. He's like, he's the, he's, uh, he keeps watch because there's a blink and you'll miss it line in the beginning where he mentions the old man. So I guess he just watches, but whatever. Point is, from my perspective, freaking dumb stooge charges him and then Lurch just sort of steps to the side and like, lightly shoves him down the next thing i know he's bleeding i didn't see a knife i i had i don't know how you how how was it made clear he got stabbed because i well, where the see fuck it. did the blood come oh so you were guessing because i didn't know i just know i saw him trip then there's blood then he died that was literally it i'm like there might have been a knife I'm just gonna say know. there's a knife. Just, he just charged at him. I just and saw he, he tripped him and he died. I just saw he punched him. He fall back, had blood, and died. <laughs> he, I'm like, he got maybe the he, death. Just he, he just. I thought he just got stabbed. I'm like, this it's grainy as fuck. How else is there blood? But it's fucking lurch. So I guess he just punched him and ruptured his fucking and just opened up his fucking stomach and blood you know to what, death. You know what? This character was such a piece of shit. Honestly, I'm completely okay with believing that he's so lame. He no, he just tripped and died. That's my head cannon. Just tripped and died. Fuck. He might have just tripped and fell on a branch <laughs> and that poked him and he's dead. So now I guess we're at the finale. Yeah, because there's the other bounty hunter, the one that's made to deal with, and he wants to kill them all. Yeah, because lurch killed his brother, which we found out. Oh, okay. I guess that was his brother. Yeah, which they never said before this. Yeah. And then, like, literally, there's some bantering. Literally, Sunshine goes like, well, you can't kill all of us. Like, you, your gun, you have to reload. So you either shoot me or you don't. If you shoot someone else, like, we'll come up and catch you. So I guess just Sunshine, out of that bantering, it's like, Sunshine's like, just starts running. And the bounty hunter fires at him and actually hits him. And then Lurch and Levi go r try to run up and, like, 
whip this bounty hunter's ass, but he's able to get another shot into sunshine. But either way, Lurch and Levi are able to freaking get up to him, beat the shit, beat him the fucking death. And then Lurch and Levi go up to freaking sunshine and he's dying. And I guess Lurch just turned face. <laughs> and then the credits roll. Oh my God. Sunshine dies, credits roll. And I'm like, what about the treasure? No treasure. Bro, what the fuck? Okay, so listen. It takes him like a minute to drag Levi out of the water to the ground. And then Lurch is just like, he's like, he's not like Levi's cradling him. I can't hear what they're saying to each other. And then, yes, it's just like James said. Sunshine's dead. Credits roll. And I, I know it's 1972 this came out. I looked for a mid or post credit scene. <laughs> there was none. Sunshine died. The movie ended. No resolution for the treasure. We don't know who that one-eyed dude was. We don't even know what happens to Levi and Lurch. Sunshine's dead. Movie's over. What? Yeah, what about the treasure? Do you, do you not just like tie up that plot? Well, no, because you Maybe see- Maybe Lurch and Levi are like, fuck it, let's roll bank. <laughs> they just team up. Hey, no, Sunshine died. It's my movie. Fuck you guys. Roll credits. I guess so. I'm not going to lie. I was. Are you proud of yourself? My disappointment. Because I, I started watching it last night, but I actually watched the movie like today. I watched it last night. I was like, I'm sitting there. It's like, I don't want to watch this movie. I like looked it up to do research and I moved forward. I'm like, this movie looks bad. I just can tell. Not fun, bad. Because I watched bad, it bad. today, my disappointment was immeasurable and my day was ruined. Not literally. That's a reference to an old meme. But this this movie this was this probably the worst movie we've ever watched on the show. Yes. It might be the worst for a long, long time. Yes. It might be the worst for all time. I'm sure there's a lot of there's, bad um, movies in this world. I told you. I thought we were going to get a dumb, stupid, fun cheesy campy rate uh raunchy romp when you told me hey maybe we should watch this movie called black rage it has a dude that says he's an albino black man yeah i was like sure that sounds dumb yeah and then like i saw the cover okay it looks campy i guess and the more i thought this movie's gonna have some racist shit so we have to really watch what we say because we can't really like, you know, full on like replicate some of the dialogue. Yeah. And I watched the movie. There was no rage. Nope. I thought we were just going to be like, yeah, dude, what's fucking whip ass? You know, what's worse. No ass whipping. There was literally walking. <laughs> this movie had more walking than all the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> and those movies was just walking. Hey, what's the plot? We need to go walk somewhere and throw this fucking ring we into We need to lava. get to Mordor. Simple plot. It's like, all right, let's do this. Hey, what's this and movie? I would walk 500 miles. I felt like I walked 500 miles. I feel so bad for the people making this movie. There's so much walking in water. And that water looks sketched. That water looks like it's dirty. Has sea, not sea, has like river amoebas and small things that slurp inside your pores. It, it was, oh, and not to mention, almost, it looked like almost four animals were going to fucking drown at one point. Yeah. 
Animal abuse. At least two chickens, a pig, and I'm pretty sure... Oh, and like, what, three dogs? Mm. Okay, dude, does Cinema Snob review this movie? Yeah, he did. Okay, I'm kind of curious what he said. He's a, he's a fun person to watch review because he watches bad movies like this. Like, that's his whole gimmick. And he's playing a character. But, um... Well, you see... See, I thought he was awesome because his favorite movie of all time is like Caligula with Malcolm McDowell. Is that the one where it's like controversial and has a bunch of that ha- sex? That, yeah, where like a lot of the women extras were just from Hustler magazine. Okay. Yeah. That well, movie. That's his favorite movie. Okay. We might have a movie for down the road. <laughs> I might be down to watch There's like four versions of it, and there's some footage that's lost, but there are like definitive director's cuts. Oh, fuck. It. Are we going to get fucking, what's that fucking movie? Which one? The one, Maniac Cop. Are we going to get the one where I get the one edit and you get another edit? That was so weird. Like, that was that was the weirdest thing because I, I had no clue. Yeah, I know. <laughs> fucking smacking my fucking pop filter around. Okay, then. I want to apo- I want to publicly apologize you to the listeners. Better. I want to apologize nope. to myself. Nope. I'm I sure want to apologize to you. A, here's the thing. The listeners, you guys got a good show. I hope so. I came in and I'm like, fucking, I'm ready to eviscerate this fucking goddamn movie. I want to apologize to my co-host. Yeah, I'm the one you should be apologizing to. Make me watch this shit. I want to apologize. What the fuck? I want to apologize to myself. I want to apologize for the fact that my internet history is going to look really weird to the FBI guy that keeps track of my stuff. I'm sorry. I promise I personally will try to not pick a movie that's this bad again. Maybe I'll do a screening next time. Like, if it sucks and it's not good within the first 30 minutes, I'm like, okay, maybe I won't recommend this movie. Good or at least, like, maybe notable. Unless you just want to do something just bad and just me just sitting there it's like, Fucking suffering. I'm like, can this end? Because I always tell myself, I always tell myself, no movie can be that bad, right? Because no movie is going to be as bad as Manos, The Hands of Fate. This might, this isn't as bad as Manos, The Hands of Fate. This is pretty bad. One of the worst movies I've seen. Ever. Like, ever. I'm not saying I've seen a lot of movies. I've seen a good amount. This is up there. (laughs) This is up there. All right, listeners. I did talk about Caligula, but no. I have a decision movie in mind. Yes. There's been a hot new show that I've been in love with called Pam and Tommy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Talking about like the f- fucking, uh, I don't know, some biopic, whatever, of like, of when like Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson had their like sex tape leaked and it became like an internet phenomenon and yeah. like all this shit. But the movie set around the time Pamela Anderson was trying to do PR for Barbed Wire. I have never seen barbed wire. You've never seen barbed wire? No. Oh, dude. Now, this is a good, bad movie. This is a good, bad movie. And literally, the show said, they keep saying barbed wire is going to be a hit. I know this movie's not a hit, but damn it. I am down to watch it. I can't it. believe you've never seen barbed wire. Whoa. Oh, dude. This is going to be good. I can't wait to see your reaction. All right, listeners. Next week, we're going to be reviewing the Who, My Generation, barbed wire, and then obviously, hot or not, we never know. Yeah. Good friend Jake just springs us on. We'll make sure not to talk about as much wrestling. Wow, this really, this show went from like a low, in my opinion, to a high. This show went from a something to a something. Yes. All right, listeners. This is the Doctor Danger Radio Show with your host James and Edward. Friends, 
Hope you have a good one. Don't watch goddamn Catch the Sunshine. Yeah. Or Catch the Black Sunshine. Watch Pam and Tommy instead. Oh, fucking what? That show rules. I so want to review it for this show, but you need to find a way to watch it. Yeah, I need to get a Hulu. But yeah, all right. Adios, everybody. I'm on.